Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Well, good afternoon. How you doing today? Uh, this is Prayer School. I'm Bruce Conover. My wife and I pastor here at Birthed Family Church. And so this is a broadcast from our church to you. We're glad that you're here this afternoon. Let's get out our Bibles. That's our study guide. That's our <laughs> blueprint for victorious living. So go ahead and grab that. And uh, let's, you also ought to consider getting out a piece of paper and a pencil. If I really believe that God's going to speak to me at any given point in time, I'm going to be prepared to write it down or at least find some way to document it. Because a lot of times when God speaks to us, we're in that place where we're receptive to him. We're sensitive to him. We're in a place where we're in an environment where we can concentrate on him. There isn't a lot of other activity or noise going on around us. And since you're in the spirit later on when you're not, <laughs> more times than not, you'll forget what he said. Because you heard with the ears of your heart, not necessarily the ears of your mind. And so go ahead and do that. We're going to pray and believe God. We're jumping in. It's going to be good today. Hallelujah. You ready for it? All right, let's believe God. Father, thank you for this glorious day. We believe that this is the day that you have made. So you already have provision for each one of us in this day. But it's up to us. It's up to us to bring it in from that spiritual realm into the realm of the now. And so, Lord, we thank you for guiding our steps, for orchestrating all that is going on around us. And we're trusting you for revelation. We're trusting you for words that you will speak to us, that will impart life to us, that will illuminate and put light on our path and our decision-making so that we can follow you and be a part of what you're doing. We, we claim it now and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've entitled this study, uh, we're calling it Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And we got the, the title of this teaching from that incident where Jesus was praying and then afterwards his disciples came up to him and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And so we believe that the response of Jesus, once he was asked that question, is answering that question. They wanted to know the how to pray, not necessarily the what to pray in, in terms of a prayer that you just continue to recite and pray the same way each time. No, he's giving building blocks for prayer. He's, he's building a foundation for prayer because the revelation that is needed for you and I uh, to pray in the highest level hasn't been given yet in the, the contents of when Jesus is answering this prayer. Understand that he's teaching them to pray from the perspective of the old relationship with God. Jesus did everything in his earthly ministry under and in and through the covenant of what we call the old covenant, the one based upon 
the works of man. And so a lot of things haven't taken place yet because Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet. Jesus hasn't died yet. Jesus hasn't been resurrected yet. And Jesus hasn't sat down at the right hand of God the Father. So he's looking for those that will be authoring, authoring the, the, the New Testament, people like Matthew and, and Mark and Luke and John and, the, and Paul, the apostle. Um, He's going to leave a lot of that teaching for them because now they are getting the revelation of what is to come. And so Jesus is, is giving us a broad stroke on how to pray, and these are foundational truths. So we've already talked about uh, two of these, and we began talking about a third. And the, the, the prayer, or excuse me, the example of a prayer to teach them began with our Father which art in heaven. So the first rule, the first foundation of prayer is that all prayer is to the Father. And then we added to that because they, they didn't know at this juncture that they were to pray in Jesus' name. But we saw, saw over there when John told us in chapter 16, verses 23 and 24, he says, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in Jesus' name, he'll give it you. And that's every prayer that we can pray. Every type of prayer that we can pray is to the Father in Jesus' name. Second, Jesus taught and said, hallowed be thy name. And there's always an air of worship when we pray. Or could I say a reverence when we pray. There are times when I, I, let me just use me as an example because I don't know as much about you as I do about me. I'm guessing about you, but I know about me. There's, there's times where I get a little haughty. There's times that I, I get a little demanding uh, in prayer. Now, that's, I'm talking about years gone by, but when I was just kind of cutting my teeth on some things, when things didn't go my way, and then I'm talking to the Lord afterwards, uh, we always got to maintain our position of reverence of the Lord because he's God and you and I aren't. <laughs> oh yeah, he's the creator of the universe. He's upholding everything by the word of his power. He is the, he is the only source, the sole source of life. Hallelujah. And everything that I have that's good is because of him. So we have to be respectful. We have to be reverent, so to speak. The Bible uses that term, fear of the Lord, and that's probably not a good English word. I, I think reverence is a better uh, English word to describe what it takes. So worship should be a part of every prayer we pray. Then we started getting into this next one, which I find so illuminating. And it's interesting how this is, has been in the book all along, and yet I didn't see it. And now that I see it in one spot, I'm seeing it quite a bit throughout the, the New Testament. And Jesus said, pray that God's will would be done on, or it says it different between the two, the two uh, Gospels. And so I have to correct myself. I'm reading this from Luke, so it's a little different than I norm normally quote it. It says... Lord, I'm asking that your will be done as in heaven, so in earth. The other way it's written is, uh, Lord, I ask that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
And so Jesus is revealing that prayer creates God's will. Notice what he's telling us to pray. I'm praying right now, Lord, that what's going on in heaven would be happening now here in our midst on earth. For example, th there are those that, that make these statements and, and they, I'm not quite sure where they get them from, but, but they'll make statement like, because God is all powerful, he's control of everything that happens here on earth. And whatever happens is the will of God. And so you just have to suck it up if it's not something that you want to have happen to you, even if it hurts, you just have to suck it up and believe that God's doing something that you don't understand. Well, if that's true, then why would Jesus ask us to have God give us here on earth what's happening in heaven? Does that mean that things are different in heaven than they are here on earth? Well, you know, you don't need a seeing eye dog to figure that out. Of course it's different. Heaven is a place where God is in complete control. Nothing happens up there and unless it's God's will. But that's not true here on the earth. Remember Adam, who was given the stewardship over uh, the earth, the, the oversight of the church, he, through deception... He bowed his knee to the devil and Satan became a, a rebel holder of his authority and he brought his, his kingdom into the earth, the laws of sin and death. And now we have two kingdoms operating at the same time in earth. Some, some will say, well, if that's true. Why doesn't God do something about it? He did. He gave us Jesus. And, and even though the devil is allowed to stay here on the earth, for that period of time that Adam had the stewardship of it, Jesus came as a man and defeated him. He, he is a spoiled, defeated foe, but yet he's still here endeavoring to deceive us and to sell us a, bull, a bill of goods that Jesus has already delivered us from. So Jesus is saying, when you pray, you're allowing God access to the earth to have his will be done here in our midst in our life in our household as it's being done in heaven determining what is the will of god is just to consider what's being done in heaven is there anyone sick in heaven well certainly not well then it's it's his will for you and i to walk in health is there anyone up there going without a meal is there anyone up there that can't pay their bills? Is there anyone up there that has lack? Certainly not. No. Well, then that's God's will for you and I. Is any, are there hurricanes taking place up there? Are there mass destructions because of weather? No. Then that's not his will for down here. And, and the list goes on and on and on. It, religious people make God's will a mystery. And that's because they really haven't taken the time to get into the Word of God to discover it. So notice that Jesus is asking us to pray, Lord, I'm asking that your will in heaven 
would be done down here on earth. And that's the primary function of New Testament prayer, to push back the will of our enemy, the devil and his kingdom, to push it back and allow God and his will to be done in our very midst. And that's something that we do through prayer. Now, again, some will say, well, how can I pray and ask for God's will to be, be done down here? Because God's will is such a mystery. Again, uh, <laughs> that's, that's not true. It's not a mystery. It's only a mystery to those that haven't discovered it in the word of God. How did you discover that it was the will of God for you to be saved? How did you find out it was the will of God for Jesus to come? And to take our place and to pay the price for us so that we could receive eternal life. The Bible disclosed all that to us. And so when you and I got the knowledge of the word of God concerning salvation, then we learned what the will of God was. You see, there was a time in my personal life, because God's will was a mystery uh, to me, but, uh, pertaining to salvation and, and getting in right standing with God, where I didn't think that I could qualify. I, I was a miserable person. I'm sure you were much better as a sinner than I was. I was, I was a polished, uh, overachieving sinner. And so I got to the point where I felt worthless when I compared myself to God. And I didn't, I, I didn't really know if he would save me. I, I, I didn't know if he would forgive me. So God's will was a mystery to me. So I couldn't pray for salvation because I didn't know the will of the Lord. But once I had people help me to find out what his will was through the word of God, then I saw that he was already acceptant of me, that he had already sent Jesus to die for me. And he was just waiting for me to receive that gift of salvation that he already had. Now, I never could have received that gift until I knew it was his will for me to be saved. And so that's why I'm saying that when we pray according to God's will here on the earth, it creates God's will here on the earth. Now, some have, have uh, said or suggested that prayer discovers what the will is. It doesn't create the will of God. It discovers what the will of God is. And they say if you pray a prayer and you don't know if you should have it or not, but you pray it, if you get the answer to your prayer, then, hey, that must have been the will of God. I just discovered the will of God there because he answered my prayer. Or you pray a prayer and you're asking for something that you're not sure of if God wants you to have it. And if you don't get it, then, oh, that's not his will. That's, that's teaching on principles in the dark. These are people that have come up with this, trying to figure out the mysteries that, of life that they're facing with intellectual reasoning. That is the furthest thing from the truth. You don't pray and wait and see what happens to determine God, God's will. No, you have to have the knowledge of God's will before you pray. Hallelujah. So prayer doesn't discover God's will. Prayer creates 
God's will. And that's what we need to focus. So how can I discover God's will before I pray? Well, we're going to keep on saying it. Uh, the Bible. The Bible is the published will of God. And when you and I get into the word of God, it becomes very plain to see. Uh, uh, another way to have a general sense of what God's will is, is that Jesus told us over there in John 10, 10. He made a separation between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, or the kingdom of his dear son, God's kingdom. And he said that in the fallen kingdom, in, in, in the devil's kingdom that's on the earth, his will is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If you see anything here in your life that's taking away from you, that can't be God. No, that's from that evil kingdom. But if you see something that imparts life to you, something that blesses you, something that is good, then it's coming from God or is there because of God. Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. A third way to, to, to begin seeing what the will of God is, is to watch the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. We have four books that, that are documenting the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. Now understand that he was representing God. He was not representing himself during his earthly ministry. He was representing God. Therefore, everything that he did, God was, was leading him, anointing him to do what he did. Therefore, Jesus became the will of God in and through his behavior. Everything that Jesus said, everything that, that Jesus did was the will of God. The easiest way to determine is healing for me. Is it God's will for me to be healthy and whole in my body? Well, did Jesus heal the sick? The answer is an emphatic yes. In fact, you can't find anywhere or any encounter that Jesus had with an individual who asked of him for healing that he turned away. Not once did he tell somebody, it's not the will of God for you to be healed. That should be good enough to see. Did, did God supply the needs of people? Well, my goodness, he took a happy meal and fed 5,000 men in, in one sitting. We don't know how many women and children were there. It was the will of God in action. He was, he was supplying the needs of the people. Did he just let storms destroy and kill people? No. He, he got out on the bow of the boat and he spoke to the storm that was attempting to, to cause... Uh, his disciples to be shipwrecked, maybe even some of them drowned and die. He spoke to it and he said, peace, be still. He, he cursed that, that storm. That storm wasn't something God was using to teach someone a lesson. No, that was from the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus rebuked it. Hallelujah. Amen. And so let me say this, that once we discover the will of God in a particular area of our life, which is denoting that God has supplied whatever that need we have. It's his will to supply that need met. Once we've discovered that through the word of God, that's when we're ready to pray because we know the will of God.
So God expects us to pray according to the will of God. Let me let that soak in a little bit. He expects us to pray already knowing from the word of God that it's his will to have what we're asking for. Therefore, we must know the will of God before we pray. Now, let's prove that. I've got three scriptures. Let, let every doctrine, let everything that is taught be accompanied with two or three witnesses that harmonizes one another to determine that that's a truth. You can't just say something's a truth unless we can validate it and get it established with multiple references from the Bible. You see, the Bible is to interpret the Bible. You see, these people that say that God's uh, will is a mystery, they don't have scriptures for that, or they take scriptures out of contents. Or they're citing uh, scriptures from the Old Covenant with God in the Old Testament. No, we, we're living in the New Testament. Hallelujah. Technically, we're living in Acts all the way through Jude. The Gospels are just a bridge that connect the old to the good. And yes, you, you can find things that are pertinent in the Gospels in terms of it's the will of God for us to have, but then there's some other things that, that, that don't. And so you just have to rely on the multiple witnesses to establish something. So I want you to go over to 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And we started at an odd time, so I'm trying to keep reminding myself when we started and when would be a good time to quit. I'm hoping to get through this uh, this afternoon and uh, maybe move on to something different next time. Look at 1 John 5, 14. Now, you heard what I said, or should I say I suggested we are to know the will of God before we ask to have what we're asking in prayer. We have to know the will of God in order to pray to God. So now we're looking for that here in this verse I'm going to read. I'm in 1 John, I'm in chapter 5, I'm in verse 14. He says that this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask, and asking is prayer, right if we ask anything according to his will notice that John is saying by the Holy Spirit to you and I that we're to pray according to God's will well how can God expect us to pray according to his will if we don't know what his will is Certainly he wouldn't expect us to pray according to his will if it was not possible to know what his will was. You seeing it now? Look at this. We are to pray according to his will, and when we do, he hears us. Well, that's awesome, right? You want him to hear when you pray? Well, then you and I, if we want him to hear us when we pray, we have to pray according to his will. That means we have to discover the will before we pray and ask. 
for that will to be done. Remember, Jesus said, I'm, I'm asking you that, that your will in heaven would be, down, be done down here on earth. So he knew what the will was in heaven, so he now knows it's acceptable to have that here on earth. Woo, hallelujah. And the Bible talks about having heaven on earth. How's that possible? Well, it's not just God doing it. It's us giving him access to the earth to allow him to create that in our midst. Amen. It's a, it's a cooperation between him and, and, and ourselves. And that gets accomplished through this legal instrument of him doing it of prayer. Hallelujah. Now, what if the opposite? What if I do the opposite of what this verse says? What if I ask him anything that I don't know if it's his will? Does that mean he's still going to hear me? I don't think so. He's telling us to ask according to his will. So that means we're asking for something we already have determined that he has made available to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. If I don't know if he's made it available to me, then I'm throwing darts. I don't have a confidence in him anymore. I don't know if I'm to have it or not. And when you pray that way, you're not praying in faith. <laughs> so if I don't know what his will is, and I ask him for that which I don't know if I should have, he doesn't hear me. That could really answer a lot of our questions. Why didn't God answer this prayer? This prayer? Why didn't God answer that prayer? Well, could it be that I didn't ask according to what uh, he instructed me? To ask? Could it, could it mean that I'm not following the, the, the rules of prayer from the Word of God? That I'm just assuming that just because I've, I have a need, he, he has to meet it because I ask him for it? No, that's not how it works. Remember, we got to do it his way. It's, it's kind of like that commercial. It's not Burger King. You can't have it your way. Uh, with God. Things have to be done his way. If he wants ketchup and mustard on that burger, you're going to have ketchup and mustard on that burger. So we've got to do it. I'm not sure where that came from, but we've got to do it according to his rules. Hallelujah. Now, so as I said before, if I don't know what God's will is about this need that I have, if I don't know if, if he wants me to have it or not, that simply means that I just don't, it's not, ready, it's not time for me to pray yet. It's, it's interesting, and, and I know what it's like because I did it this way uh, a lot early on. I, I thought just having a need was enough to pray. And, you know, I prayed prematurely about a lot of things. And that's the primary reason why I wasn't receiving a lot of answers to my prayer. It wasn't God holding out on me. No, it was me asking in the wrong way. You see, if he's going to give us something when we pray, he's got to be fair to everyone else. If he does it a certain way with me, if he bends the rules for me, now he's obligated to do that way with everybody. He can't do that. He's truth. 
He can't violate truth. He can't, he can't violate his word. And so it's up to us to conform to him, not him to us. And just having a need isn't a good enough legal reason in the covenant that we've entered in with him through his son to give us just based on us, we need it. Or we want it. Or we gotta have it. Well, that's a good place to start. Now you know what your hope is. Now, now you know what, what your desire is, but now you've got to find out if you can go to him asking for it. Hallelujah. Let's look at another example. I hope this is coming out to where you can hear what I'm saying uh, this afternoon. Uh, John 15, 7, I believe it is. I believe it is, because I know he gave me this message, and uh, he's helping me right now. And so you're getting it. You're seeing this. Understand that I think you and I have to be a little bit more prepared before we pray. Too many times we get emotional, because when you have a need, when, when something's going amiss in your life, you're... You and I were anxious. We, we got to, I want this fixed, especially when we have the care of others and we're responsible for others. We, we want this done and there's this emotional element that enters in, but God doesn't respond to emotions. He, he responds to faith and faith is always based on the word of God. Therefore, faith is always based on the will of God. And so for your faith and my faith to be effectual, we have to have the will of God determined. We have to see it from Scripture. And then once we have the knowledge of that will, we have the knowledge of the Scripture, now we have faith. When we have faith, that's what receives from God. Hallelujah. Now look here in John chapter 15. This is big John. This is the gospel according to John. Chapter 15, go to verse 7. And... You guys know this verse, but it is a witness to what we're saying that prayer, excuse me, yeah, prayer creates God's will. Here we go. If you abide in me, so we're, we're talking about those who are in covenant with God through Jesus Christ. Now, let me say something that <laughs> a lot of people may not agree with, but God doesn't answer every prayer. He's saying right here that we have to abide in him. Now, he will answer the prayer of a sinner who's calling out to God through Jesus Christ to be saved. And there, there may be those times that, that the sinner cries out to God. I, I did it when I was still a sinner. I was in a lot of trouble, and I cried out to him, and he, he helped me. But I couldn't consistently do that and stay away from being a part of his family through Jesus Christ. You understand? His grace sometimes is able to do things that maybe isn't exactly the way we think it should be done. But he's fair and he's just. But you understand what I'm saying? But you and I, who have a knowledge of God's word, and we've had time in Christendom, some of us for decades, 
decades more is then required of us we have a responsibility now because we've had the time to get into his book to grow spiritually to find out these things so we're not always praying as a baby who doesn't know anything the the longer that we're in this relationship with Christ more is expected of us and that's why he tells us to be no more children but that we're to grow in grace amen so he says that for those that abide in him and this is talking about a a living relationship this isn't just every Sunday no this is a daily thing you 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 abide in him just like a branch abides into the trunk of the tree it, you're you're drawing life to create that fruit on the branches and on the vine and so he says that not only do you have to abide in me but my words dare I say the knowledge of God's will abides in me remember you you and I can't separate the Word of God from the will of God because the Word of God was breathed by God and he invested his will his knowledge his anointing his life into this book and so they're in total harmony with one another this is the this is the expression of God he breathed himself into this book. Hallelujah. So because it's a part of him that's being invested in this book, it's his will. And when you know his word and have the knowledge of his word, you now have faith. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith is not a mystery. It's simply the knowledge of God's word. It's, it's, that's where it begins. That's where faith begins. And so he says that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you're going to ask. Notice it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't start out in this verse saying, well, whatever you will, just ask. No, there's two things that come first. You got to have a relationship with him. And then number two, you got to have his word in you, the knowledge of his word, so that you ask according to that knowledge. Woohoo! And you're asking according to his will. Amen. Then it shall be done unto you. See, a, a lot of us, what we do is we, we have this need, and so we just skip these first two things that we're supposed to do, and we just go to prayer and just start asking for it. Well, that's like throwing darts, like I said. But if I do it the way he tells me to do it, when I have a knowledge of his word abiding in me, therefore having the knowledge of his will, then I ask according to that, guess what? It shall be done. It's, it's worth the time to get in there and do it right. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, let's look at the third witness. Looks like we're going to get through this this afternoon. Yay. This is the third witness of seeing from the Word of God that prayer creates God's will. Amen. Go on over here to Matthew chapter 21 and go over here to verse 22. Matthew 21, 22. And it says that 
and all things whatsoever you ask in prayer now when we first hear that we're going woohoo man I got it made all I got to do is ask uh 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 <laughs> he's not finished yet he says in all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer doing something believing well, there's, there's a requirement that we have to believe something before we ask. He doesn't tell us just to ask. He says to ask in prayer, believing. Well, what are we supposed to believe? You've got to believe it's God's will for you to have it. You see, believing is of the heart. And believing is believing on what God has said. I can't arbitrarily ask for something and assume God's going to give it to me if I can't really believe that I, I'm to have that. See, a lot of prayers are, are made in hoping he wants me to have it. That's not believing. That's hoping. But someone who believes that you're to have it that belief comes from your heart based on the word of God, and that's why you now have the faith to receive it. Does that make sense? So we're required to believe before we ask. Believe what? We're to believe what God is willing to give to us. So when you believe that, now you have faith, and when you ask, you're going to receive. Hallelujah. I had that verse another way. Go down to Matthew 21, 22. That's where we are. But I'm going to read it from a different version. Now remember, knowing what God is willing to give us can only be discovered through the knowledge of his word. And then when you have that knowledge of, of his word, you now believe. According to that word, that it's his will for you to have it. Now look at it from the, the, the CSV version. This is Matthew 21, 22, same verse we just read from the King James. Now we're going to read it from this new version. And if you believe, and then I paraphrased saying, it's God's will for you to have what you're asking for, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. It says it this way, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. I added... The definition of believing is to know it's God's will for you to have it. That's what believing is. You see, it wasn't until that time that I believed from Scripture that God was willing to forgive me. God was willing to receive me. God was willing to give me salvation. See, that's when I was able to ask in prayer, believing, and called upon him to be saved. But before, I couldn't believe. It was just a lot of thoughts in my mind, a lot of reasoning, a lot of, you know, mental gymnastics trying to figure out if he would or, or he wouldn't. That's not believing. Believing is having a foundation in what he has said. And so when we believe that it's God's will for us to have what we desire, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. Hallelujah. You see, that's how 
we can pray in faith. Now, we'll just close out here in James chapter 1. James 1, uh, verse 5, and we'll dive into verse 6 as well. James 1, 5. It begins saying, and this is the bonus round here. This is a fourth example of this truth. Like I said, once you find a truth in the word of God, you start seeing it multiplied all through. It's, it's like this connecting of dots. It's, it's, it's wonderful how, how the Bible is, is orchestrated and put together. It makes so much sense. And there's so much in the word of God that's substantiating each other confirming each other, witnessing to each other of what it's saying. It, people say it's scattered, it's hard to follow, but once you start breaking code, so to speak, getting out of your mind and down into your heart, and you start seeing certain truths, and then you see them echoed all through the book, and they are in harmony with one another, it, it's, it's really powerful. So this is kind of what James 1, 5, and 6 is. It's one of those dots that's connecting this truth that prayer creates the will of God. Check this out. So if any of you lack wisdom, so your need, your desire, what you want is wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Now this is making an assumption that you already know that it's God's will for you to have wisdom. <laughs> well, how do you know that? Well, look how it goes on. Let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally or in a overwhelming, overflowing portion. Well, the word of God couldn't have said that, that God would give you wisdom if it wasn't his will for you to have wisdom. that make sense now? Isn't that cool? So you ask for something that you know is God's will for you. Wisdom. And now you can ask for it because you know he wants you to have it. Or he's made provision for you to have it through Jesus Christ. Remember the Bible tells us there in, what is it, 1 Corinthians 1.31 that, that Jesus has been made unto us wisdom. Meaning that Jesus, through redemption, has provided for us to obtain wisdom from him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We don't ever have to be in the dark because he is his will for us to have wisdom. Glory to God. So let, if he lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Therefore, because you're asking according to God's will, because you're asking by faith, because you know it's his will, then he'll give it to you and he'll not withhold any and it shall be given you. And then he clarifies how you're going to ask. Let him ask in faith. Well, the only way you can ask in faith is knowing that it's his will for you to have it. Glory. Nothing wavering. And uh, if you don't do it this way, if you don't ask according to his will, if you don't ask in faith, Verse 7 says, don't let that man think he can receive anything from the Lord. Whoa. So it's telling us we do it his way. And when we do, we receive. If we don't, then we're short-circuiting 
our faith. We're short-circuiting this connection with him. And when we make those adjustments and we get it right, we get it. Hallelujah. So in conclusion, knowing God's will, knowing what his will is pertaining to the need that we have, assures us that we have the faith to ask. And when we ask believing, we will receive. Hallelujah. That is good news. All right. Well, we're going to shut it down for uh, this, this time. Thanks for coming out today. Uh, I believe you got something. Embracing these truths has, has bared a lot of fruit in my prayer life through the years. When you and I begin to learn how to pray his way, now at first it takes a little bit more effort and there's a, there's a learning curve to it. But, but once we, we, we get it figured out and we get it dialed in and we consistently do it that way, you're going to see answers to your prayers. You're not going to be hoping, oh boy, I hope that was a good one. No, you can pray with confidence like it says in, in 1 John. And this is the confidence that we have in him. We can pray with confidence. We can pray with boldness because we know what we're doing is that which he has provided for us. We're just now giving him the legal right to give it to us. And that's what he wants to do. Otherwise, he never would have sent Jesus to die for you and me. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this covenant of prayer that we have. Thank you for showing us how to be more effectual in our prayers, to, to see answers that we won't just keep praying and praying and praying and hoping that something's going to happen. No. We're, we're going to determine your will. We're going to see that you've already purchased it for us through Jesus, and we can, and you want us to have it, and then we ask believing, and then we just rest and say it's ours, because those things that you desire when you pray, we believe we receive them, therefore we have them. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, thanks for coming out. You guys are blessed. Therefore, you have an overflow, and you have something to give others. I'm not talking necessarily money or a handout. I'm talking about sharing truth with them or demonstrating truth and love with them. And when you bless them in that way, speaking words of encouragement, speaking words of life, speaking words of love, encouragement to them you're blessing them you're helping them you're you're shining light upon them so because you're blessed go somewhere be a blessing to someone today amen all right we'll see you bye bye